0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to In the Press Box podcast here with myself, Ryan Klingman, and my partner, Nathan McKenney And this is our first podcast here that we've ever done together, bringing you guys sports here every single week. Nate... Before we get going on what sports we're going to talk about, what are some social media handles and emails that these people can contact for questions and listening and all that sort of thing?
1: So, yeah, if you want to reach out to us, feel free to email us at thepressboxpod at yahoo.com. Again, that is thepressboxpod at yahoo.com. And go onto our Twitter account and give us a follow, and that tag is going to be
0: in the press box. S-B, SP at the end there. So oh, Yeah. Thank you so much, Nate. And now before we get going into our segments, I just want to kind of talk about some of the sports that we're going to be talking about here on the podcast. And so how we are going to do this is we are going to talk about sports that are in season. So obviously right now college football playoff and transfer portal and all that good stuff is happening right now. We're in the thick of it as well as NBA and NHL is getting to the middle part of their season. The first quarter has already ended And uh, Nate's a big hockey fan, he's a Bruins fan, I'm a Panthers fan, he's from Maine, I'm from Georgia. Really weird how both of us like hockey, and I'm from the South, he's from the North. But that's for another day and another time. And uh, the other things that we're going to talk about, a big one, we'll probably do a separate show on all the things that happen in the December winter meetings between the MLB. But as of right now, we're going to be bringing to you guys... um, NFL and college football, uh, NHL, and we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about the college football playoff and uh, some of the bowl games. Um, So stay tuned. Before we get started on what segments we're going to talk about and exactly what we're going to be talking about in them, I just thought that I would start off with some breaking news from yesterday on Thursday afternoon. Blake Corum, the running back for Michigan, is out for the season with a knee injury. And this is just a big loss for this Michigan team, a team that's in the college football playoff right now at number two. But Nate, you also heard some breaking news Thursday afternoon as well about a different sport.
1: So yeah, so a hot guy right now in the MLB, he's going to be a free agent. He is. The Yankees have offered him eight years for three hundred year $300 million minimum on the table right now. This is pretty big for a contract, so we'll see what's going to happen with that, and maybe some other teams will step in and give him an offer bigger than that, a little bit better, better.
0: And right now, me and the general manager at the radio station that I work at, and if you guys don't know where I work, I work at 90.9 The Light, we were talking earlier, and it seems like it's a 50-50 draw right now between the New York Yankees and the San Francisco Giants. And Aaron Judge could be making his decision here in the coming days. And it seems like the Yankees are going to offer him $37.5 million a year. And it seems that the Giants are offering him $40 million a year. So it's just going to end up being which one he wants. And if you think about it, it's going to be, you know, I think it's going to be an offer where Aaron judge picks one that has more money involved because right now if he if he's working for six years or if, or if he's on a team for six years and he's getting 240 million dollars from the Giants how can you pass that up
1: yeah but also I see I see a op- opportunity for Aaron judge here to go to San Francisco and potentially become the franchised player for that team and I feel like San Francisco, has a lot of opportunity here to take advantage of it and become one of those ball club programs that are the top-notch team and maybe even a World Series.
0: All right, now enough with the gibberish for about five minutes there about what what our show is about, what we're going to be, t- what sports we're going to be talking about here. Let's just go and get down to the nitty gritty of what we're, we're of what we're going to be talking about on our first show. Now, for the people that don't know, me and Nate are both students at Liberty University here in Lynchburg, Virginia on the mountain. And Nate, right now, currently, the Liberty University football team, their he- their previous head coach, Hugh Freeze, has gone to Auburn. So that head coaching spot is vacated right now. Not only is that head coaching spot vacated, but there's not only a lot of other spots vacated in college football, but there's also been a plethora of other coaches that have been shopped around and put with different college football programs and so we're going to be talking a little bit about those here on the first segment of this show so the first coach I want to dive into is coach Matt Rule who just got a job to go to Nebraska this past week Um, his contract as of right now is worth eight years approximately 72 million dollars and that could get up to 74 million dollars and uh Nate, what do you think of this hire from Nebraska? Getting a guy that coached at Baylor, then he went on to coach for the Carolina Panthers for about a year and a half or so, got paid the big bucks to go there, didn't really work out, kind of feels Nick Saban-like when he went to coach for the Dolphins, didn't do well, then he went to coach for Alabama, and he's done phenomenal. What are your thoughts on Nebraska getting Matt Rule, and why is this a good pickup for Nebraska?
1: Yeah, Matt Rule is definitely going to bring a brand new whole approach to the Nebraska team. In the Big Ten West, It's pretty, well, in the Big Ten in general, it's pretty competitive, especially with some of the top teams right now in college football. And Nebraska now is going to have somebody coming down from the NFL with experience and hopefully going to lead them to a different approach because this season, Nebraska did not play well at all. They ended
0: up 4-8. They went 1-3 with Scott Frost, who started the season as the Nebraska head coach. And Nebraska thought that he was going to be their saving grace at the beginning of this season. And so now Nebraska has to get another new head coach uh, for their program, and they're just hoping that it's not going to be another situation like a Scott Frost.
1: Yeah, and I I honestly think that Matt Rule is going to be the best fit for Nebraska in their program. And it's going to come, and we're going to see.
0: Before we get into all the nitty and gritty about head coach Matt Rule. I just thought I would kind of highlight some of the staff that he's hired so far just to keep proving this case that me and Nate are making that Matt Rule has been the right hire. So at OC, Matt Rule has already gotten a guy there, Marcus Satterfield, the former OC and quarterback's coach for South Carolina, who did beat Tennessee this past year with Spencer Rattler at the helm, who threw for six touchdowns the most in his career. So that guy seems like he's the right fit. The running backs coach is E.J. Barthel from Connecticut. He was a running backs coach, and he worked with Matt Rule at Temple in 2015 as the director of player personnel, and he was also with Matt Rule with the Carolina Panthers in 2020 to 2021. His defensive line coach has been picked to Terrence Knighton. He was a Carolina Panthers assistant defensive line coach, and now his Twitter says that he is the Nebraska defensive line coach. So we're kind of seeing a trend here. A lot of Panthers coaches going with Matt Rule. And there's still more. He's already hired quite a bit of staff in maybe a little over a week, a little less than a week since he's been hired as a coach. His secondary coach is Evan Cooper, who is a Carolina Panthers corners coach. And uh, he does have a recruiting coordinator background. So, the fact that a Carolina Panthers corners coach is going to be coaching the Nebraska corners in secondary is huge for this program. And the two more coaches here the strength coach is Corey Campbell, who is a Carolina Panthers assistant strength coach. And uh, if you see the picture on Twitter and on Instagram of this guy, he is absolutely jacked. And so, I think that this team could benefit from that and that it can prove to be. To work wonders for Matt Rule. And the last one, this one hasn't been confirmed yet, but there's a possible assistant and analyst that Matt Rule is going to hire, and that is Ed Foley, who is a Carolina Panthers assistant special teams coach. So, Nate, a lot of Panthers coaches on this staff for Matt Rule. Do you think that trend continues with Matt Rule as he's trying to round out this offensive and defensive staff and really try to put all the eggs in one basket here with Nebraska?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously coming from Carolina and the NFL, this program, they already have some chemistry going and that's going to absolutely have a domino effect for the rest of the team. And the chemistry is just going to keep on growing. It wouldn't surprise me if we see a lot more recruits coming in to Nebraska because obviously there's players that are going to want to play for an NFL coach. And the approach on this team is going to be very chemistry bonded. And we're going to see some good things hopefully out of Nebraska now because of this.
0: Now moving on to another head coach here in college football by the name of Kenny Dillingham. The Oregon former OC will become Arizona State's new head coach. He's going to go back to his alma mater where he graduated from in 2012 and he's going to be the youngest head coach in, in in a Power 5 conference at the age of 32. He does have a confirmed contract, at least we know about that. But we don't know how long it's for and we don't know how much money is going to be involved? Um, also, this coach is from Oregon, a staff that was really plummeted by the fact that Mario Cristobal left to go be the coach at the University of Miami. So many people were having doubts about this staff, but Dane Lanning, or Dave Lanning, excuse me, put together a pretty darn good staff, and this offense was one of the best in all of college football. With knowing how good his offense was at Oregon and really turning Bo Nix into who Bo Nix is right now. You know, being a quarterback at Auburn, not really being able to find his footing there, and now being turned into this guy that could really be a true threat for a Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, as of right now, I don't think a whole lot of people in the country think that he's deserving of it, but I really do, and his stats show that very, very well. Nate, do you think Arizona State got the right coach here, or do you think they didn't?
1: Yeah, I— this is my opinion on it, okay? He's coming from Oregon. Oregon has a pretty dominant program. It's pretty deep in history. And obviously, they wouldn't have him hired as offensive coordinator if they didn't think he was good. And he performed pretty well at Oregon. So coming up into Arizona State, they ended the season 3-9. and nine. They obviously need a new approach, a new outlook on their season. 3-9 and nine is not a good season at all. And
0: I believe that Kenny... He's going to be the guy. And he's also already hired some offensive staff and defensive staff as well, just like Matt Rule did with Nebraska. And we'll give you some of those names right now. Um, He's hired his offensive assistant, Sean Aguano, who is the Arizona State interim head coach and running backs coach, which is pretty rare to see the interim head coach stay with a football team and – especially with a team that has a pretty brand-new face around the Arizona State football t- program. The tight ends and special teams coordinator is Charlie Raggle, the Idaho State head coach. And Raggle coached and mentored Dillingham at Chaparral High School. And in five seasons as a head coach there, Raggle or Ragle went 63-7 and and won three state championships. And he also coached at Arizona from 2012 to 2016, He was their assistant director of operations, and he was their special teams coordinator and tight ends coach. But he also coached at California, the University of California, from 2017 to 2021, where he was a special teams coordinator and the tight ends coach there for four years. And then this past year, he was the head coach at Idaho State. Um, Just a couple more positions. The defensive assistant is going to be Vince Amy who is also from Idaho State. So we see two guys from an FCS school getting an opportunity here to go coach with a Power 5 school, and he was the defensive ends coach there at Idaho State. And the last coach is Joe Connolly, who was already their head coach of football sports performance for the university or for Arizona State University. And this is going to be his sixth year on the staff when the 2023 season begins. So, Nate, knowing those couple of names on the staff and knowing that, Coach Dillingham has gotten two guys from Idaho State come be a part of his staff. What do you what trend or what direction do you expect his the rest of his hirings to go? Do you think he's going to try and get a big name OC to turn this program around that was abysmal this past year going 3 and 9?
1: So obviously they got to change something. And that's going to be the change right there. You got to go for somebody big and you got to have somebody that has a history and a past of really succeeding at the O.C. position. And right now, I'm not really sure who they're going to be looking at or who. So we'll see. But it's going to be important for if we want to see Arizona have a turnaround season, they're going to need to get a good O.C.
0: Well, another guy that's really succeeding is a guy by the name of Luke Fickle, a guy that used to coach at the University of Cincinnati. He's going to Wisconsin now who's really had a great – plethora of coaches come through their program they had a really good head coach with them this past year he got fired which was a little bit weird to all of us why he got fired and uh I'm honestly Nate still wondering why he got fired because he was such a great coach and so I mean Nate do you know who this coach is I'm talking about
1: so, yeah, so Paul Christ, he was fired from Wisconsin's program, and really, buddy, nobody even really knows, but obviously there's, there's something that happened inside that program that the public is not aware of yet or really at all. But that doesn't even matter anymore because we're going to see Luke Fickle filling in that position here. And the reason why this is huge, he was eight years at Cincinnati. He led his team to... The semi semifinals in the college football playoffs in the loss against Bama. So now we're going to be seeing him at Wisconsin filling the shoes for seven point eight millions a year for seven years. So Riley, what do you think of this?
0: Well, I think it's a really good hire by Wisconsin. You know, Paul Crist—that's a name that doesn't go unheard of. I believe he had—I believe he had five top fifteen finishes in his years with. Wisconsin, a very decorated coach in the Big Ten, um, and yes, yes, Fickle signed this seven-year deal, starting at seven point five million, that could average up to seven point eight. But we have to remember, Fickle also signed a contract extension with Cincinnati through twenty twenty eight, worth five million per year, last February. So this is kind of one of those Hugh Freeze-esque type of deals here, and he went to to a bigger program from Cincinnati. So there's a little similarity there for everybody. Fickle went 57 and 18 overall with the Bearcats in six seasons, including a 13 and 1 record last year. And Cincinnati became the first Group of Five team to reach the College Football Playoff, like you said, Nate. Fickle collected eight national coaching honors in 2021, including the Home Depot National Coach of the Year, the Paul Bear Bryant Coach of the Year, the Stallings Award, the Eddie Robinson Award, and the Dodd Trophy, as well as accolades from the AFCA, Walter Camp Foundation. In sporting news. So, Nate, let's just say this guy is a pretty decorated coach just for last season at Cincinnati. And that doesn't even speak to the volumes of the other seven years that he was with Cincinnati. So, I think that Wisconsin has found the right guy. And I think that this guy is going to be able to get the job done for years to come with Wisconsin and turn this program around.
1: Without a doubt, Luke Fickle is going to be the right fit for Wisconsin. And we're going to see that in the next few years.
0: Now, before we move on to talking about some of the college football playoff rankings, we still have two more coaches to talk to you guys about. The first one is a new head coach by the name of Trent Dilfer that got picked up by the University of Alabama-Birmingham two days ago on Wednesday morning. And, of course, the one that you guys have all been waiting for is who are the candidates that could be the head coach here on the Liberty Mountain for Liberty University as head coach Hugh Freeze just left to Auburn earlier this week. So for the first one, the Trent Dilfer head coach signing really surprises me. He's a former Super Bowl winning quarterback and ESPN analyst, and he was introduced as UAB's head coach on Wednesday, just like we said earlier. And he and he laid out a vision for an era of Blazers football he said many people couldn't possibly imagine. Now, Nate, I'm going to read these next couple sentences, and I just want to get your reaction to what Coach Dilfer's goals are for the UAB Blazers. And so I just want you to listen to what I'm going to say, and then I want to get your reaction here. All right. So Dilfer, who is about to finish his fourth season as coach at Lipscomb Academy in Tennessee, said he knows it's going to be challenging to transition to the college game, but he says that he likes big climbs. And this is what he said about those big climbs. He says, it's a giant mountain. But I think the college football playoff is something we should talk about. Nate, with Trent Dofer saying this quote about him thinking that the college football playoff is something that they should talk about at UAB, who's won the conference championship twice, once in 2018 and once in 2020. And really, with the football program that really wasn't a thing in 2014, it got kind of laid off and came back in 2017, and they hired a coach for six years. So why is this such a big statement said by Trent Dilfer, and what's really your reaction to it?
1: Yeah, this this statement is kind of laying out about his approach on this. UAB's football program hasn't been the greatest, but it could be. It very well could turn around, and his approach is very optimistic, and he knows that it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of hard work, and he's not saying that he's going to go out there and he's going to be the next Alabama. But he has a he has a vision for the program, and that's one of the most important things for these head coaches, especially at a smaller school like that. I mean, look at some of these other schools around the country. They are nothing, and then they are something within the blink of a season. And that's just as fast as it can go, but it's going to take some time. And Trent Dilfer is the right fit for you the University of Alabama-Birmingham. But he's going to have to prove himself because going from high school to college level is a very difficult climb. And, yeah, he got he has 14 years of experience in the NFL, which is going to help him a lot. But coaching is a whole different game, so we're going to have to see what he's going to have for this University of Alabama-Birmingham team. I
0: would definitely agree with you, Nate. I, I think this coach can have success I just think the lack of experience at the college level is gonna to prove to be traumatic for him in his first couple of years. But I think if UAB can deal with that, I mean they're playing in a very, you know, easy conference in the conference USA that Liberty is gonna be joining next year. And with that being said, Nate, we're gonna go ahead and get into the candidates that we think could become the head coach for the Liberty Flames and Ian McCaws came out and said that they're gonna be making a decision by next week in time for the transfer portal opening up. And so I think that there's going to be a decision this weekend, possibly on Saturday or Sunday, just to have a head coach in there for those guys that want to transfer to those big-time schools because there's a lot of guys that are transferring. Before we say our candidates, let's go ahead and give the three things that Ian McCall said in his YouTube video the other day about what he's looking for in the next head coach for the Liberty Flames. So the number one thing is he's looking for a leader a CEO type of guy. He's looking for a mission builder, a guy that's going to follow Liberty's mission statement since Jerry Falwell was here being a champion for Christ. And the third thing, he's looking looking for a guy that's tactically savvy and a really good recruiter, which I feel like Hugh Freeze had all of those things. And now, folks, for the moment that you've all been waiting for, me and Nate are going to give some of our opinions on what candidates the Liberty Flames are going to be looking into. Now, for me, The first guy I have is a guy by the name of Jamie Chadwell, the head coach from Coastal Carolina. He's always been involved with Liberty. Liberty and Coastal Carolina have played each other in bowl games. They've played each other in the regular season. So he's always had Liberty on his mind, and I think that Liberty can give him a deal that he won't refuse. Now the second guy who has really been in the news lately around campus, ABC 13, WSLS 10, a guy by the name of Deion Sanders. A lot of students really want that guy to come here. Um, a guy by the name of Levi Binkley, a freshman here at Liberty, really wants him to come here. And uh, he's been the one that's really been leading the campaign. And he 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 thinks that Deion Sanders fits the mold here at Liberty. He has all, th- all three of the components that Ian McCall is looking for. But I'm just going to tell you right here, right now on this podcast that I do not think that Deion Sanders is going to be the next head coach for the Liberty Flames. It just doesn't seem that he has that wow factor. I mean, he does have the wow factor. There's just other schools that are looking into him right now and that are interested in him, and those schools are the University of Colorado, the University of Cincinnati, and the University of South Florida. But a guy that I that I really think that the Flames could look into in the last candidate that I think could come here is a guy by the name of Brandon Streeter. Brandon Streeter was a quarterback here for the Liberty Flames from 2006 to 2011. He is now the quarterback's coach in the OC at Clemson University with Dabo Sweeney. The only thing that I don't like about not necessarily Brandon Streeter, but OCs and DCs that have gone out of the Clemson football program to be head coaches, they just have not had success. And Nate, before I go over to you about your candidates and your thoughts, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think that Jamie Chadwell will be the next head coach for the Liberty football program. Nate, the floor is yours.
1: So, yeah, I'm going to have to hop on that bandwagon. I mean, the students here are loving it, and I'm loving it too. I want prime time here on the mountain. Here's the thing with prime time. Dion Sanders has a CEO mindset. He wants to build an empire. I believe that Liberty could be the next Alabama Yes, Alabama's fallen. Somebody's got to replace it. That could be Liberty. And I see Deion Sanders taking this program to the next level, way beyond what Hugh Freeze did for this program. Deion Sanders, he has experience, not only in the NFL, but he's already coaching Jackson State Tigers football. And the thing with Deion Sanders is I feel like he'd fit the mission statement perfectly training champions for christ as he is a fellow christian as well so that's one of my reasons why i like deon sanders but another guy that i'm looking at this isn't even like i don't even think this is on anybody's radar but this is one person that would fit liberty perfectly tony dungy i'm a big fan of tony dungy he's a good guy and he has nfl experience which is huge especially coming down to a smaller medium-sized college football school he, he coached for the Indianapolis Colts 2002 to 2008. And he will fit the mission statement better than Deion Sanders, training champions for Christ. He acts on he acts about it on and off the field. And I feel like that's going to be huge with football experience and religiously with Christianity.
0: I would definitely have to agree with that, Nate. And now that we're talking about the head coaches here, I think it would be a good thing For us to go ahead and talk about who the interim head coach is going to be for the Liberty Flames for their bowl game. And that's going to be head coach um, Josh Aldridge, their co-defensive coordinator. He's going to be the interim head coach for the Flames as they will be selected to a bowl game this Sunday at 12 p.m. So make sure you guys tune into that. Again, this is Friday morning here in Lynchburg, Virginia. I thought we would go and give you some of our predictions for these bowl games of where we think the Flames will end up. So... The first one I have on my list is from ESPN. They're saying they're going to be in the New Mexico Bowl on December 17th in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Kyle Bonagera thinks that it's going to be um, Liberty versus Air Force, and so does Mark Schlabach. And another one, um, ESPN once again has Liberty going to the Myrtle Beach Bowl on December 19th at 2.30 in Conway, South Carolina. And they have them facing um, Troy, Troy University. And uh, as of right now, the bowl game we know for sure is going to be the loser of the MAC championship game. So either Ohio or Toledo. And so Ian McCall also thinks that the game is going to be pre-Christmas, and it's going to be in the southeast somewhere. So the Merrill Beach Bowl makes sense. It's that's in South Carolina. Now, the New Mexico one, not really because, yes, it's pre, but it's also all the way near Texas. Some people are saying that Liberty could go to the Frisco Bowl. But if I had to pick, I think it's going to be in the southeast before Christmas and possibly against the loser of the MAC championship game in either Toledo or Ohio. So with all that being said, that's all the time we have here on the In the Press Box podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and once we have the news about the head coach for the Liberty Flames football team, we will get that to you. But from Riley Klingman and Nathan McKinney, we're signing off. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this first podcast. God bless.